Welcome back to another episode of the 704 Forecast. As always, it's Matt, Wes, and Corey uh, joining us today. It's been about eight weeks since we've gotten uh, gotten together and recorded something. Uh, we're coming to you on Monday following the uh, loss to Tampa Bay, which we'll get into here shortly. Wes, Corey, how are you guys? Doing good, man. Glad to be back on the mic. I know we it's been a while, like you said, and not exactly the the best of circumstances coming off that 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 game against Tampa, but um, good to be back on the mic with you guys. Heck yeah, man. Um, heading into 2023 now. Uh, so um, New Year's resolutions abound. Uh, glad to be back on the mic. Um, and hopefully uh, we'll have a, a big uh, year 2023 in store for you listeners. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, some news on us. Part of the reason why we haven't been recording is uh, we have an announcement. So recently we have partnered with the Pigskin Podcast Network. Uh, those guys are going to be working with us and we're going to be bringing you a lot more content. Uh, we'll be focusing more on video as well. Uh, really just it was it was a kind of a no brainer on our side. It was a win win. Uh, great group. Uh, we're excited to get together and start putting out content for you folks again. So. With that said, uh, let's talk about the Tampa game yesterday. Ended up losing, uh, kind of a heartbreaker, but uh, kind of summed up the season there with a little bit of a letdown at the end of the game uh, as the Panthers lost 30-24 to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers go ahead and win the NFC South, and the Panthers have been eliminated from uh, postseason play. Uh, Wes, Corey, initial thoughts on the game? I think my initial thought on the game really boils down to kind of a conversation we'll we'll dive into later with the head coaching. But as much as I like Wilkes, as much as I like the job that he's done with that locker room and with this team and getting us to have meaningful games in December and January, I just think you're you're in for much of the same of what you saw today if if you hire him next year full time. Um not not to skip ahead to that, but yeah, I, I just I, I think the game plan got too conservative after that early kind of what looked like there was a chance to to hop out ahead two scores, and I just I didn't like it um, for somebody who's a corner guy and a defensive scheme guy. I didn't love the defensive scheme, especially in the secondary um, when you know you're down, not not having schemed the help, so. We know when you know you're down JC and Dante obviously and 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 Norman is is not up to speed so just just didn't seem like a great coach game that that's and then on the offensive side um Sam was Sam I mean I think what you're going to get out of Sam now and going forward is that it's bottom bottom half at best quarterback that's probably better served to be a backup for a team that wants to make a run so yeah, um, I think it was fun. Um, this little mini run we kind of went on. Um, it was good to see uh, meaningful games in December and January. Got my blood pumping, admittedly. Um, you know, as much as I've been on social media talking about draft and uh, tanking and how it's more important to to come out of this offseason with the future franchise quarterback, um, I can't it, it help but – uh, get enthralled when 
um, you know, we are playing those meaningful games uh, in uh, December, despite the record, you know, what it might be, um, you know, getting into playoffs is getting into playoffs and it was fun while it lasted. Um, but I think yesterday was just a reminder of, of what this team is. Um, we are a, or should I say can be um, an extremely competitive team. We have, we have good players on this roster um, but we, we are lacking in, in several departments and um, minus our top corner. Um, and with Sam, who I'll, I'll give him his, his credit, and I'll, I'll give him some flowers. He, he played a heck of a game, um, throwing for three TDs, over 300 yards, um, but, you know, never able to quite make that one play to, to keep a drive going um, when we needed it most. Um, so – um, lots to get into. Um, I, I do want to actually dive into that game and break it down a little more depth. So um, that's just my initial reaction to it. And, and we'll get into the game and we'll get into the head coach and, and where we go from here. Yeah, I, I think uh, it became pretty evident yesterday just how much J.C. Horn means to this team. Um, you know, C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor, you know, they're, they're serviceable serviceable cornerbacks. I mean, there's, you know, guys who are used to covering your number two and your number three. And when you don't have your, your true shutdown corner and one of, one of the best ones in the league, I'll, I'll say that, um, you know, it's, it's tough. And I think that was the difference maker yesterday. I mean, you look at the box score and Evans three long touchdowns and a Brady sneak and, and that's your ball game. Um, really outside of that, the, that was the, the big plays killed us. And Tampa never established the run, uh, but we gave, Brady all day back there in the pocket. I mean, we, we did have three sacks on him uh, and did have, I believe, eight pressures. But at the end of the day, you can't sit there and, and give him uh, all day in the pocket. And that's inevitably what cost us the game, I think. Uh, would have liked to see more blitz packages. Uh, would have liked to have seen better safety help. Uh, and then, like you guys mentioned, the conservative play calling there in the first half where, you know, you have the ball at midfield and you're trying to set the tone early and, you know, it's fourth and a half a yard or fourth and one, and, and we opt not to go for it. I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but looking back, you know, you'd like to see going for that, you know, especially with how the defense played early on. And and like I said, they're not established in the running game at all. I think they finished with 62 yards rushing. Um, just think we could have done some things differently. Um, and Sam, don't I don't really even have any complaints about how Sam played yesterday. I think if you watched it and you told me, you know, going into Sunday that Sam throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns, I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're winning by, you know, three touchdowns. Uh, so I, I can't fault him for how he played. I, I think his footwork has improved. Uh, his decision-making has, uh, he, he's felt more comfortable in the pocket. Uh, and, 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 you know, the improved offensive line play. I mean, that's, that's, that's said a lot, um, you know, about Sam's play as well. You know, when, when he's got time and, you know, when he's not getting pressured and he's not panicking, he's a, he's a, He's a mid-level quarterback, and that's okay. I mean, but, you know, I think with where we all are on, on wanting that franchise guy and wanting to take a swing for it, you know, yeah, I wouldn't mind Sam as a bridge moving forward, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when that time comes. Uh, tough way to lose a, lose a game, though. That's, that's just where, where I was at that. Um, yeah. and, and, Corey, if you want to lead, talking a little bit about the game a little bit further, uh, you know, have that – yeah, absolutely. And I really want to start on what I consider to be probably the most disappointing aspect of the game was really how our defense played. Um, you know, a defensive-minded head coach, that is Steve Wilkes, 
And, you know, there's been some highs and there's definitely been some lows. Um, but when that's your calling card is, is a, as you know, I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm a head coach um, that really needs to be solid. Um, and I was not a huge fan of the game plan going into it, just from what you can glean from watching the broadcast. Um, I think at this point, everybody knows, and I'm not saying anything new. I'm not saying anything that, you know, umpteen other announcers, podcasters, you know, are going to say the same thing. And it is when you beat Brady, it's you get pressure in his face up the middle. Um, you you have to get him off his spot. If you, you know, even if you get pressure off the edge immediately, he's going to step up and he's going to tear you apart. You have to get pressure through that A gap. And um, I don't know where Derek Brown was yesterday. Um, he didn't, you know, he kind of disappeared. Um, Matt Ionidas was nowhere to be seen. I mean, he made a play. Uh, he had a TFL, um, but other than that, not really. And then on Wilkes, you know, when, on that, I think, second or third to last drive before the Sam got sacked and we fumbled, when we had to have a stop, we had to get the ball back. Um, we did bring Frankie. Um, we did, I think we bring, we brought Frankie and Shaq right up the middle, and it got home and he had a sack, but that was like one of the only times that we, we, we really brought it. Um, we didn't just show it. Um, and I think, you know, they showed it several times, but that was the one time they really truly brought it. Uh, and it got home and you saw what it did to Brady. He was extremely frustrated. Um, and I'm just like thinking that's a little bit too late to, to be doing this, um, even though it did get us the ball back. Um, where was that, you know, in the first quarter, in the second quarter? Um, where was that when, you know, Brady's standing back there for five seconds, you know, throwing you know, moon balls to Mike Evans? Um, you know, that, that was really frustrating to me. And we can talk about um, the coverages and, and not having help. Um, you know, I can I can understand how certain coverage rules may have, you know, left um, CJ on an island. But at the end of the day, you're uh, there's a, that Matt Rule quote. At the end of the day, you know, you are the the head coach, um, and directly you have your hand on this defense, your handprints all over this defense. You know, let's bracket him somehow. I mean, you can scheme up and say, hey, we're not going to let this guy beat us anymore. We're not going to let him beat us over the top anymore. Um, and if we give up stuff over the middle to Godwin, then so be it. Um, but we can't just have 50 and 60-yard bombs, you know, all over the field anytime they want it. Um, so very disappointed with the defense. Very disappointed with the defense. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll continue on the defense talk then since we'll stay on that side of the ball. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I think I mentioned it in the group chat today, is uh, Brian Burns. Uh, where was where was he did in, in that game? And he just seemed to dis disappear for long stretches. Uh, and everybody wants to talk about him being elite, and he's been very very good this year, borderline elite. I'll 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 give you that. Um, but if I'm gonna if I'm going to give him the contract that he's about to command for an extension this offseason, or God forbid he hits free agency the following after we didn't trade him for all the assets, um, I need him to show up in a, in a, in a winner go home essentially game. And this was a playoff game. The playoffs started in week 17 for us this year. And, and, and I, I need him in a, in a game where we have to get pressure. I need him to get there. And he just didn't. And so that's that's one, I guess. That's not 
but then the rest of it just comes down to the defensive scheme. Uh, you've seen successful teams be successful in stopping this Bucks offense by getting pressure. The offensive line was beat up. They need to, they should have found ways to manufacture that. I don't, if, if they're, if the Bucks game plan was to shut down Burns, find ways to bring pressure. You did it once with YGM up the middle. You brought Luvu. There's there's ways like that that they could have continued to scheme it, and they just didn't. And that's so that's that's one and two. I and I mentioned it earlier, and the the and then Corey hit on it is just the the the, the scheme in the secondary of not having help when you know it's C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor back there. It's just and I mean. Uh, you, you say Josh Norman's not ready, but he knows that he knows the defense. It's probably it couldn't have been any worse. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It just it did in that that side of the ball just struggled for me outside of uh, basically Luvu all, and, and the one YGM sack. Luvu was the only bright spot for me on that side. I I think it's you know it's execution on a lot of it, uh, and you look at the. You know how the last you know, ten games, ten weeks have gone. I mean, this is kind of the one, you know, head scratcher. So you know, it's execution really hasn't been been the issue, at least in the secondary for us thus far. Um, not really a lot of blown coverages. And on this one, I mean, like I said, I know you're playing with your your number your number three and your number four cornerbacks uh, essentially with Dante and JC out. But you know, at the same time, like you know, somebody's got to got to be back there. I mean, I watched one where Mike Evans just you know went right by. Keith Taylor and Keith said that in his post game uh, interview that you know he just he just got got, but I mean you look over there and the safety's nowhere to be found and it's just like you know okay it happens one time but you know two and three and you know with CJ a lot of that stuff was just technique I mean you're just you're 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 losing separation from your receiver you're you know he's letting up on that one late I think he just he just kind of jogged up and then he just took off and. Nothing. I mean, that was it. CJ was was burnt. He never found the ball. He just, you know, it just looked like it was a lack of effort. Even though he said he didn't let up, but I mean, clearly he did. I mean, that was, you know, he was stopping at the ten yard line when I feel like he could have tackled him. Um, and and switching to Brian Burns. I mean, he you know, he's made the comment that yeah, even though he got chipped after you know all afternoon, that he still you know should have made more of an impact. And yeah, I mean, if you want the big money and you want to be that you know top five elite edge rusher, I mean, you got to show up especially in games like this, uh, it's kind of sad, but I think YGM probably had the, had the best game on the line yesterday with the, with the sack and um, the, the block field goal. So, I mean, that was, a, that was kind of the bright spot on the, on the line, but you know, I mean, Frankie, Frankie Louvu just, just keeps having a, a career year. And I mean, this, this team needs to pay him this off season. He needs to be one of the top priorities because you know, you can't go into next year needing a, a middle linebacker and, and Frankie, uh, you know, filling his role as well with Shaq getting older and, you know, Corey Littleton kind of being that rotational piece there in the linebacking core. Yeah, and I did want to mention, because I think it's worth noting, um, and I'm not disappointed in him by any means, and, you know, I understand that he's coming off of an injury, um, but Jeremy Chin hasn't played well in two of the last three games. Um, you know, he lost force a couple times against the Steelers that led to big runs. Um, and maybe that's just, you know, not being so used to playing in the box, um, as it used to be. Um, and then yesterday, um, just some coverage mislapses. Um, I felt like, um, on one third down play that extended a drive with which they ultimately scored on, 
Um, he could have had a pick if he would have attacked the ball instead of sit. You could see it on TV in like a split second where like he just like sits and waits for the balls coming right at him. And um, I think it was Gage that came back and just, you know, took it right out of the air right in front of him. And, you know, if he attacks the ball, I think that's a pick going the other way. Um, I'm not, like I'm saying, I, I love Jeremy Chen. I think Jeremy Chen is is an elite box safety. Um, I just, you know, he hasn't had the best uh, couple games in the past three weeks. Um, he really struggled against the Steelers. And he, you know, he had some good coverages and some highlights against the Steelers, but uh, he, he struggled. Um, and anybody who watches the you know the tape will tell you that he he didn't have his best two games. So, um, and you know when you get into December and January, your best players have to play their best, and uh, we we just haven't gotten that um, outside the Detroit game. Um, the Steelers that was a disappointing loss. I don't really want to delve all the way back into that, but um, you know this was a game we had to have, and um, we just didn't make the plays. Um, that that Tampa did, and, and that's how it goes in the NFL. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you mentioned Jeremy Chin, and I mean, I know a lot of his mishaps have come out in you know, man coverage. I mean, it has been you know, the notable ones like Deontay Johnson against the Steelers, and then Chris Godwin mainly in this game. I mean, no, nothing to take away from from those guys. I mean, you know, they're no slouch receivers at all, but you know, it looks like Chin has no business even covering those guys. Yeah, and to your point of a priority for this team, this defense in the offseason, I think, I mean, it's not priority number one. I think Luvu and middle linebacker probably are, but I think you need to add a coverage safety um, to be able to allow for Chen to go back to kind of that early Chen role that he used to have and and not really do much coverage that allow him to, to roll yeah. down and and play more of that outside linebacker type safety. I, I think yeah, that's important. I mean, it's, it, especially like you know, and it's it's really hard. And I, you know, I'm, I I could be corrected. Um, I, you know, I haven't had access to the all twenty two um, since the beginning of the year. Um, just life, you know. Um, but you know, I, you know, from what you can gain in in view on a live telecast, you know, if they're going to be in the too high shell. Um, you're going to need somebody better than Sam Franklin in coverage um, in Miles Hartfield when, you know, he, he they have him bumped out into too high sometimes. Um, you know, you're going to need somebody a little bit better in coverage than than those guys. Um, you know, Xavier Woods has been, been pretty serviceable and pretty good actually sometimes, but uh, they, they really that, – that is a – for me, that is a, a – a, should be – a big priority in the offseason is getting a true coverage safety. Um, and, you know, I'd like to see it addressed through the draft, honestly, um, because, you know, there's only so many guys out there in the free in free agency. Um, and I haven't not even looked at it, but, um, you know, that's not something that we've really focused on in a draft yet uh, in some time. Um, we had some guys that, you know, late rounders, but, um, I would like to see, you know, a mid to upper round guy taken at, at safety. I think the last think one was, was, was Rashawn Golden, right? Yep. Right. Which if you thought he was a coverage safety, that was Marty special there. Um, I, I, um, what's his face from West Virginia? I, I had, I had high hopes for. Um, Warley. 
or Kenny Robinson. I'm sorry. Kenny Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, the same the same draft as Golden Golden we took uh, Worley, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's your but last Worley three safeties you addressed. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the corner Worley converted to safety, right? Or no? I don't remember. He, he didn't ever stick anyway. But neither here nor there. I think so. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess one more thing I want to touch on with uh, defense before we get to the offensive side of the ball is. Uh, something that are interesting, no surprise, uh, 327 of Brady's 432 passing yards went to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So having Keith Taylor and C.J. Henderson there, you know, yeah. makes a lot of difference. You know, <laughs> and, only, and, only another 100 and, 106 yards went to anybody else. And you mentioned that this was the one game – this was one game that, that the execution just didn't seem to line up. A lot of games, I mean, you had J.C. to – cushion that I, I think you had him out there making it look better and in, in some of those other games so but I mean you know from his time here when he's been healthy and played I mean pretty much he takes away that receiver uh, on that play I mean he takes away a side of the field yep, and, you know, when you don't have that and you, you don't have you know you can double you know a Chris Godwin and you can play single coverage on Mike Evans I mean you know that you know that we don't have that benefit with without him out there. Yeah, I think it I just mean, shows how important he is to this team. Yeah, and and the injury prone stuff's got to stop too. They're freak injuries. They're not like yeah, soft he only broke they're, they're not like soft. T- they're not soft tissue things that yeah. nag people. It's just freak stuff. I mean, Jeremy Chin, you know, flies into his 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 hand and it breaks his wrist. I mean, he breaks his foot when he's backpedaling in Houston. Yeah, he's a dog, man. Don't, don't overthink it. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, switching, switching sides of the ball. Um, one thing I want to talk about was uh, Ben McAdoo play calling a little bit. I, I think, uh, from a scripted play standpoint, I think he called a, a, an opening drive. Uh, for the Panthers, you know, you going down there, and Tampa was clearly thinking that we were going to try to establish the run r- right away. Um, you see, first play of the game was a play action pass, uh, and you know, you utilized that mixed in. I think two or three runs, uh, and they went right down the field and scored a touchdown. Um, Tommy Tremble ended up catching it. So I, 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 you know, from that standpoint, I mean, McAdoo came out of the gates with a with a great game plan. Tampa adjusted. It took us a little while to figure things out and to readjust. But I, I don't have a problem with with any of the play calling on the offensive side of the ball yesterday at all. I mean, would have liked to have seen the run get established a little bit more. I mean, Chuba played a lot, but I think that's mainly because they shifted to passing downs. I don't really remember seeing Blackshear being a factor at all, um, even getting a carry or a catch at all. So, uh, yeah, I mean, offensively, I don't even think that I can fault anybody. I mean – yeah, we gave up a couple sacks and some, you know, made some crucial turnovers. Uh, you know, season high, I believe, with three. So, you know, that, I think that's the area that could have been improved. But, you know, Sam's decision making, yeah, you know, he he threw the ball short to Sullivan. Uh, I think if he led him a little bit further to six, but Sullivan also needs to kind of fight for that a little bit more. Uh, and then the the strip sack. That's, I mean, Icky just got beat, and you know, it was a it was a good play by the defender. Uh, and and the fumble. Sam's got to just fall on that. I mean, he tried to make a play. Yeah, he could have if he, if he you know, recovered it. But at that point, it's not worth it. And, you know, it led to six, unfortunately. Yeah, I was going to 
Sorry, Corey. Go ahead. You good, man? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was going to touch on the Sam fumble. But I think that was the the icky thing. Just got beat. Sam can't. Sam obviously didn't see that blindside. Um, so that's not on Sam. Uh, the 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 pick. I don't know why you're throwing deep to Sullivan. That's a different conversation. Why is that even a play call? But yeah, the 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 fumbled snap that Sam did not fall on. I think is the biggest gripe I have for Sam and and. And you you've gotta you've gotta follow on that. I just you follow on that, live to fight another day, and this is probably a different game. Um, and then you touched on it the 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 lack of establishing the run I think killed us late um, with just kind of we weren't able to ever really get a rhythm in on offense. In, in kind of what felt like the second and third quarters. And then obviously coming from behind is just throwing, but it just, just seemed like um, the, 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 we needed to establish the run better. Um, DJ, I'm, I'm trying to go through my head here. DJ looked great. Um, he's ready to make me eat words on, on him. Um, but what else? I lost my train of thought. Go ahead, Corey. Yeah, I mean, a little bit to unpack on that side of the ball. Um, I want to start with McAdoo. Um, while I will say, Matt, you were correct, I don't have any sort of issue with the script um, that you know the first you know game plan going into it. The first you know the first drive was great. Um, I think what we're beginning to see are the limitations to his creativity. Um, you know, it's uh, the same orbit motion to LaVisca. I, I just feel like, you know, at, at this point, there's got to be some different way that you can use LaVisca other than one series of plays where he runs an orbit motion and we run an RPO. It's either a give, they throw it to him, or um, Sam keeps. Um, it's a cool concept. Um, a lot of high schools run that same concept. Um, you know, I just feel like we, we, we should have been building on it for, you know, going into now, you know, week 16. Um, and I don't feel like there's any possible way that McAdoo is the offensive coordinator going into next season. I don't think he's done anything to show he deserves to stay around. He's done a fine job. Hats off to you. Hope he gets an analyst job or a, you know, a, a passing game coordinator, running game coordinator job somewhere else. I don't have anything against the guy. Um, but I don't want to go into next season with this offense, especially with a young quarterback. Um, I liked some of the stuff he was trying to do with Sam um, where, you know, we, we had some design runs early on trying to catch Tampa off guard. They were ready for it. Um, it didn't really work. Um, hats off. Todd Bowles is a great, He's a great coach, period, um, in my opinion. Uh, he's a great defensive coordinator. Um, they were ready for that. Uh, we didn't catch anybody off guard with that. Um, and I'm just continued frustration with Terrace Marshall's use usage. Um, we've seen bits and pieces and highlights and in, in a game like yesterday where, you know, it's like we he had one target, um, one or two targets. So – um, that's just frustrating. Um, I, I, I feel like there's different ways to get him involved. 
Um, like you said, we're throwing, um, you know, seam routes to Stephen Sullivan. Um, you know, it, I think even the way the ball was thrown, Terrace at least makes a better play on the ball. It might not get picked um, with Terrace going up to, to get that. Um, there's a stat. He's like tops in the league with contested ball catch rate. So, um, yeah, that's frustrating. Um, offense, like I said, Sam played really well. Three touchdowns, you know, 300 yards, but um, that bad snap by Bose. It wasn't, it's just what they weren't ready. It wasn't a bad snap. He just wasn't ready for the snap. And that's a miscommunication. Um, he's got to fall on that. Like you said, you got to save that. You got to save that drive. Fall on the ball. Uh, Y'all want to talk about Cam not falling on a fumble, man. Fall on the fumble. Um, so I just, I'm just ready for a new direction on offense. I'm ready for this offense to be modernized. I'm ready for this offense to be brought into the 21st century. Uh, I've been saying that for three years now. I'm just ready for it. And uh, I'm excited for the offseason. I hope change is made. 100%. And yeah, I mean, you, you, you look at that and you see, you know, they've limited the, the route tree that LaVisca can run. I mean, pretty much all of his targets this year have been at the line of scrimmage. I mean, I can't really think of anything that's been – you know, a, a crossing route or, you know, anything vertical, really everything's been been sideline to sideline. And so, you know, eventually teams will scheme for that, but it's kind of weird. Just he, he's not used that much at all. I mean, even, you know, how they, they do use him with bubble screens and, and orbit screens, things like that. But we haven't seen him in the backfield, which is something he did at Colorado and in Jacksonville. You know, I would like to see that a little bit more. I mean, at least something to give him a different look or to give you another receiver out of the backfield. But, you know, Talk about DJ. I mean, so had a heck of a day. No Carlton Davis yesterday. Uh, he's at a career high now with seven touchdowns uh, this season. Uh, it went over 100 yards yesterday. I mean, they, I think they had Antoine Winfield Jr. covering him, you know, for a portion of the day. I mean, he couldn't do anything for him. I mean, he's a safety, but has played some some man and some corner before. Uh, but just, just like you said, I mean – why are you taking deep shots to Steven Sullivan? I mean, Giovanni Ricci had a, like a 30-yard reception, too, that was almost like a seam route. I don't know what was going on there, but you're playing your your third and your fourth tight ends slash fullback uh, and your, your tight end one, which is a high priority that needs to be addressed because Ian Thomas is, you know, I don't – do you remember him doing anything yesterday? I think he had – One catch. One catch, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Ian's a, Ian's a fine blocking tight end in the league, guys. Ian's Ian Thomas is a fine is a great blocking tight end, and that's fine t- for for him to be on the team for that. But but uh, you have to address. So I mean, and 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 this this is part of what I want to talk about. It that when I lost my train of thought was it, it's evident the lack of receiving weapons that this team has to even scheme for. Uh, you've got DJ uh, number one, and one of the questions, one of the things that I've, I've I challenged DJ to get some more touchdowns. He's doing that. He's got a chance to break a thousand again. Um, I still don't. DJ's not elite, but DJ is a, a number one in this league, a low end number one. So he's in the top thirty-two receivers. That's that's where I'll put him. He's great. But then after that, you've got Terrace with questionable usage, who has the potential to be a number two, but right now he's a number three. Terrace is a number three guy. Yeah. You've got Shy who is a three, four for most teams. Uh, you've got Tommy Trimble, who is a tight end two, 
or even tight end three for most teams. You've got Ian Thomas, who's a tight end two or three for most teams. It's we are lacking one to two more pass catching weapons. And, and a guy like Sam Darnold is fine on a team that is stacked with weapons. You, you go out, you see teams, and, and this is I'm not this is nothing against Kirk Cousins or, or, or the Kirk Cousin-like guys, but when they've got elite weapons to throw the ball to, they're fine. Your, your team can be a playoff team and make a run with those type of quarterbacks. But in, until you have that, you've, you've got to go find a franchise quarterback that can make those around him better. And that's I think that's we're at the point where – we, we might have the op- ability to do both. Go get draft the franchise guy and put another weapon or two around him. So uh, just, yeah, it's frustrating. I, I think, yeah, it is extremely frustrating. And on, on top of, like, that's a perfect point, Wes, because something else that is a common theme with the skill position is in, an evident lack of speed. Um, I think, you know, DJ's what, like a four or five guy. Um, you know, I would really love an injection of someone who could take the top off. Um, I, I feel like that would be really beneficial um, on this team um, just to have that threat because we don't have that threat. I mean, DJ's going to go up and, and, and make the make a, make a catch, and he's, he's, he's fast. I'm not saying he's slow. I, you know, like I was big on Jalen Waddle. Now I'm not going to rehash that, but I mean somebody like in that mold that can is going to put fear um, in the hearts of defense. We don't have that guy, and I can't remember us really ever having that guy. Um, and I would really like to see, you know, depending on who's brought in to to be a coach in OC, I really like to see that be a, a priority. Um, maybe even more so than tight end, honestly. Um, that I feel like you know that's important to me, and we're going to get into all that. We've got months and months and months of draft coverage coming. Um, but yeah, uh, adding speed to really both sides of the ball should be a, a big priority for the next uh, head coach. Corey, are you forgetting the Robbie Anderson era? Oh my god, <laughs> I don't even consider Robbie that. Honestly, I was joking. I was just yeah. kidding. <laughs> I'd forgotten he was even a Panther, honestly. <laughs> I, I'm not sure he's he remembers that he's an Arizona Cardinal, but I don't know if anybody's ever tanked their value more more in a, a season than Robbie has. I mean, he have you seen any highlights since he's been in Arizona? I, there was a point, he said, and he was like I'm three playing. games, like three games in, he had two catches for negative yards. I, I keep waiting for the um, uh, Robbie Anderson applies for an extra year of COVID eligibility to Nebraska. <laughs> when you sit there and watch it, if he thought playing with PJ was bad and, and that Rams game, and now he's playing with, you know, Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley and uh, David Blau. I mean, he, hey, buddy, you should have just, just bought in. Should have just stayed. But, hey, his thanks, boy, thanks his, for the six His boy got fired. His boy got fired, and he just – He's like, man, I'm done. I can't. I mean, I can't yeah, that's what it was. Greg Dorch is making him look like a terrible receiver. Yeah. Former Wake Forest great. Hey, Wake's, Wake's pumping him out. You know, they'll have uh, Sam Hartman at Notre Dame for too long. That's wild. Uh, that, that, I don't even want to talk about it. But, uh, <laughs> hey, I mean, A.T. Perry can thank him for his draft stock because, I mean, he should end up being a, like a mid-round pick i mean i'd say you know third, third fourth round yeah 
I like AT. He's he's certainly not what we need, but I like AT. For sure. Um, I mean, speaking of uh, college football a little bit, uh, I mean, how about those games this weekend? Dude, that was that's the best semifinal I can remember. Period. Like Dude. since they since they started it. Epic. You know, I'm a little bit of a SEC um, elitist homer, so I was a little bit worried there for a while. <laughs> but uh, you know, those are electric games. Uh, yeah. Extremely electric. So I mean, I, I didn't think Ohio State would be able to follow up, or Ohio State Georgia would be able to follow up the TCU Michigan game. But boy, was I wrong. I think that one and might have been better. I'll tell you what, my narrative is alive and well of, of Stroud QB1. <laughs> we have we have like five months, Wes. <laughs> five months. <laughs> it's already it's already started I'll, on Twitter. If anybody's paid it started, attention in the last couple days. It started four months ago on Twitter. Well, yeah, I mean yeah. the clips <laughs> and yours have been flowing for a while. People I mean, changing takes. Disappearing from takes, deleting tweets. It's been uh, a that, fun ride. Uh, I would never, but some some people. No. I'll I'll eat crow, but somebody wants to dig back to September and August and previous podcasts when we've ranked all the quarterback prospects in college right now. Feel free to go ahead and pull some audio if you want. But honestly, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wish that uh, I would have, you know put some money on some of those but there's a chance for you two next week so the fans the tradition the glory nothing more thrilling than the college football and it comes down to the national championship which is next monday so if you want to my go-to betting is DraftKings sportsbook one of america's top rated sportsbook apps guys tcu georgia who do you got Georgia I mean, it's, it's Georgia. TCU had a had a nice little Cinderella run, unranked to to the national championship game, but it's it's Georgia easily, pretty easily actually. Whatever, I I don't even know. I haven't looked at the spread. Don't know what it is, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll I like them to cover too. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think I think they're gonna get. Uh, Georgia is gonna take the brunt of Kirby Smart's anger from that Ohio State game, and I feel I feel bad for them. Yeah, I mean, uh, TCU, heck of a game against Michigan, but, you know, Georgia's defense, I don't I don't know. That and, and, and Stetson Bennett's 25, 26 years old, still playing in college. Him and Lamar Jackson are the same age. <laughs> Grown <Hey>, man. <laughs> He's trying to his, his Chris Winkie on. But, so, looks like we're all pretty unanimous picking Georgia. But right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college football, and you can get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings' same-game parlays. Uh, Me, previously, at the beginning of the season, I put a bet in on a Chicago Bears future to take them, I think, getting less than six wins. That hit last week. Bam, automatic payout as soon as they lost the game. So, you know, really – fast really nothing negative to say about it um so what you can do is you can download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use the code tppn new customers bet just five dollars on college football and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly that's code tppn only a DraftKings sportsbook minimum age every and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for detail guys switching gears a little bit um steve wilkes 
uh, let's talk about the interim coaching uh, situation and the, the head coaching situation that's getting ready to kick off after this Sunday. Some news have actually came out today on Twitter. Uh, looks like a couple people. Will Funkel, I know, was one uh, from the Charlotte area. He put out that uh, Jim Harbaugh, is, he views the Panthers' job uh, pretty highly. Um, doesn't necessarily view the Broncos' situation the same due to being in the same division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and then I believe it was Mark Ryan that also said that he was hearing that it's becoming less likely that Steve Wilkes gets the job, and he says that uh, his sources tell him that David Tepper is interested in D'Amico Ryans. I think there's going to be a lot of smoke coming out over the next couple weeks. You're going to see a lot of stuff. If you've been following the situation so far, uh, Tepper has kind of been enamored with a lot of the young offensive guys. You're looking Ben Johnson, Shane Steichen, Corey, remind me of the guy in uh, Seattle, if you have his name. Oh, Shane Waldron. Yeah, Shane Waldron. Uh, Ken Dorsey, even, um, a name that we've talked about on here a few times. Those have been, you know, the hot names. Um, And then, you know, there's Jim Harbaugh. The the, the Miko Ryans one, I think, is the one that kind of throws me for a loop. Because, yeah, I mean, he's he's had a hell of a year. and He's led that unit, which is – I mean, they're flying around all over the place. Uh, they were in a little bit of a shootout yesterday, but so far this year, I mean, that that defense has been ridiculous. I, I just don't know if you know you want to go back the defensive route after you know what we've seen here and the lack of scoring points. Uh, and also, I mean, Steve Wilkes is a, a defensive-minded guy, and I mean, we know how much this job means to him. Guys, well, I mean, wh- what do you think ends up? I mean, not necessarily shaking out, but I mean, what do you what do you think on the the D'Amico Ryan's and the uh, Jim Harbaugh? connection today i think if you're gonna go d'amico why not just stick with wilkes i i i don't i don't quite get that because and i know they're not the same dude they're not the same schemes same situation but it just doesn't make sense to move on from a guy who's entrenched with the players uh to 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 go with another defensive minded guy that one just doesn't make sense to me harbaugh is another is a defensive minded first guy, but um, he's got the head coaching track record getting to Super Bowls, all that good stuff. So, I that one makes a little more sense. And he is that uh, splash hire, that splash personality that uh, he has. Uh, I think I saw it today, it's like 44 and 29 and one NFL record as a head coach. Just, I mean, that's really good. Um, so that one makes a little more sense. And then, I mean, the offensive minded, uh, offensive coordinator route just, just seems to make the most sense to me. Um, there's several young guys that you can bring in and let them have their pick of quarterback. So that just makes the most sense to me. If you're going to draft a quarterback and, and have that be, um, kind of let them build their, build their team around that quarterback. So that's where my head's at. And and for me, it would be – I was on the Dorsey train, but I think it's Ben Johnson, Steichen, and then Dorsey now, actually. Um, I just love watching that Lions offense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so first off, <clears throat> what I think is going to happen um, – and I'm just a fan, you know. I'm not – I don't have – I tweeted this. I don't have inside sources. I don't – you know, I'm not claiming any of that. But I think – Logically speaking, what's going to happen 
is Wilkes is going to get an interview. Like he's going to get to sit down with Tepper and Scott um, and they're going to do that whole, you know, ordeal. And um, he's going to get a chance to present what his plan is going forward, um, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, because anybody who's watched us the past two years knows that, you know, we need, we need to be better. Um, and I think his job is going to be to convince Tepper that um, he can modernize the offense and that he's not going to want to be a ground and pound old school defensive minded head coach. Do I think that's what's going to happen? I don't. I, I don't. Um, I, I think Wilkes is a great, great guy. He's done a great job. Um, but I think at his true core <clears throat> in his heart, he is a defensive first coach. Um, he's, he's the same just cut from that Rivera cloth. Um, they're always going to protect their defense. They're always going to want resources poured into the defense. They're always going to um, put offense as a secondary component to the team. Um, and unfortunately, I just don't think you can win in the NFL with that mindset. Um, now, the report that came out today was a little bit, uh, you know, I, I think we're, we're going to get a lot of these, but D'Amico Ryan's. Um, yeah, but is D'Amico Ryan's bringing someone from the Shanty, the Shanahan tree with him to coach offense? Um, I think to be a successful defensive minded head coach, you kind of have to follow the Sean McDermott blueprint of, hey, I'm the defensive minded head coach. I can make it work on defense. Let me build the best offense I possibly can. And, and we can make up for um, mistakes and interceptions when we, we can get put in bad spots and my defense, I can, I can make up for it by letting my offense loose. Um, that's what he's done up there in Buffalo. And it's been really fun to watch. And there's a reason they were the preseason picks to win the Super Bowl. So um, I, I, you know, D'Amico is, is, is a great young defensive mind. Um, I, I, I'm just tired of defensive mind head coaches. I, I, that's all we've had in our 20, you know, plus years of existence, you know, in 30 years I've been on this earth. That's all we've had. I've had that same narrative shoved down my throat, ground and pound, smash mouth football, defensive minded football. All right. That's all cool, man. It's cool on Friday nights. It's cool on Saturdays to some extent. It's not cool on Sunday. Okay. This is not going to get us a championship. So, um, you know, I'm in the Shane Steichen um, camp. Um, I was real big on Dorsey early on and, you know, I would not be upset with that hire. Um, but I, I really like Shane Steichen. Um, I, and I think where we're drafting, uh, if we don't make the determination that we're going to move up, I think you can take a guy from where we're at, like Anthony Richardson, pair him with Shane Steichen, let him sit behind Sam for a year. And, you know, there you go. Boom. All right. Same kind of, you know, Jalen Hurts path. Um, cause there was a lot of the same question marks about Jalen hurts coming out, um, than Anthony Richardson and Anthony Richardson's actually a better runner than Jalen hurts was in college. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're going to get all into that, but, um, that's where my head's at. No, I mean, I would, would love to see Anthony Richardson and in, in Steichen's offense. I mean, that would be something I mean, you see what he does with Jalen hurts now, but, uh, like you said, we'll, we'll touch on that later. Um, with me, where I'm at on this, I mean, yeah, I would love to have the offensive guy 
and, and love to get a you know a Ben Johnson or Shane Steichen, you know, one of these up and coming offensive guys who is the next you know Kyle Shanahan. I think that's kind of what everybody's hoping for right now. But you know, if you hire in you know these these defensive guys, I mean, you know, you're putting yourself in a situation where you know, so much depends on that offensive coordinator hire. And then you got to say, you know, are they willing to come here? Um, you know, what are they looking for? Uh, you know, we just went through it kind of with rule where, you know, he hired such a, you know, unexperienced, inexperienced staff. And, you know, we didn't correct it till later on. And, you know, we see now that, yeah, it can work. We just needed a different voice and, you know, scrap all that shit and get, you know, the Nebraska guys out of, or the now Nebraska guys out of here. To me, I guess where I'm hung up on is, is you know, you kind of know what this job means to Steve Wilkes. Uh, you know, it probably means a little bit more than it does just the average coach of a, of a franchise. I mean, he's from the area. He's He's been here. He's, you know, he, he knows what the franchise is about. He knows what it was built on. You know, the guys in the locker room love him. And, you know, they've openly said that, you know, they think he should be the next head coach. You know, if he doesn't get the job, how, how does that look? You know, it, you know, I know it's a – you know, you hope a Scott, um, but a Dave Tepper decision ultimately, you know, I just don't know that how that would sit well with a, a lot of the fan base and, and the players in the locker room mainly. I, I think that to me, it just says more about the franchise if they go in a different direction uh, after kind of what he's done. I, I think, you know, if he came in and failed and, you know, it'd be an easy decision, but, you know, he's he's turned it around and you know, the guys have started to buy in clearly and they've played for him, but you know, it's kind of we we kind of feel like that organization that we we kind of come to to know and love, and that wasn't necessarily evident for the last you know two and a half years. You know, sometimes it's just like you know, what's this identity? What's this you know college bullshit going on here? And we just kind of got back to it. Yeah, you know, and I'm not you know saying that I think Steve Wilkes should be the coach, but I just think that that's kind of a situation out there that's that's going to be tough to justify if we go another direction. That's not a you know a Sean Payton or you know whatever. That's, I mean, Matt, it's, it's very, you know, it's a very valid point. Um, and it's tough, man. Um, this is a, a, a big boy grown up league. Um, yeah. And I just think that you have to, and that's why these decisions are so tough. It's like you have to, on one hand, everything that you said is true. But on the other hand, it's like, would you want to start all over again in two or three years when, you know, the same things that we were complaining about Rivera doing, Wilkes is doing. And I'm not saying they're the same guy, but I'm just saying, you know, if you read through the tea leaves, it's kind of – like I said, they're cut from the same cloth. Um, and uh, maybe I'm being naive, um, but I'm just – I just I just, I just, just want high power. You know, I want electricity on Sunday. I don't want to be bored watching a football game. Um, and you know, there's been times where we you know we get the power running game going. It's it's been fun to watch, but um, you know, I want a product I can tune into on Sunday and know that we've got a chance against anybody, um, and we can put points on the board at will. Um, and you know, that's that's, that's really what I want. Um, and you know, I don't make those decisions, um, and I do like I don't want to get it twisted. I respect the hell out of Steve Wilkes. I respect the hell of the job that he's done this year. He's done a remarkable job. Um, and, you know, maybe if he could add to his coaching staff um, and if he can, you know, have a draft or two with his guys, then, okay, 
you know what? Make me eat crow. Um, I, I would love that. I would love that. Um, I'm just really scared. I'm really scared to go down the defensive-minded head coach route again. I'm just scared of it. And that, that's that's it. I'm just it, it petrifies me. I don't want to do this again three years from now. So, I I think at this situation you can't. I mean, this is this. You know, he Tepper can say what he wants to, but I mean, did he honestly think that we were going to spend five to six, seven years, you know, in the rebuild, even with the Rome comment? I mean, no. I mean, you know, you you look at the moves and they don't line up with with the plan and the vision and all that that we we've, we've discussed before. But yeah, obviously by now you know he he wished that he'd had things figured out, but you're at a situation now where, you know, 12 weeks ago, this, this job wasn't attractive. You know, there was, you know, don't really want to talk into this, but I mean, Deshaun Watson chose not to come here because of the situation. And then now, you know, there's reports out there about how attractive this job is now, you know, with the turnaround and, you know, with the offensive line, the defense and, you know, the weapons that we, we do have right now and the draft picks. Uh, you know, you're really just kind of a truly you're a, you're right now you're a franchise quarterback away and, you know, a couple little small pieces here and there, you know, if you have the right staff. So I think that, you know, now more than any time, it's, it's important to get this right. And, you know, I'm not the best man should get the job for sure. You know, I don't even know where Steve would look for an offensive coordinator and, you know, what his, you know, game plan would be. I mean, obviously it's it's built now for the run, but. You know, would he try to pull some of those guys off of McDermott's staff that have been here before? I mean, I don't really know, you know, how he, you know, where he would look. You know, and it's not like he's going to go and get a Joe Brady back here, and Joe probably wouldn't come back. But uh, I just think that that's ironic, um, you know, how all that's worked out. But, you know, it's just stuff that we'll have to dive into as we get further in this offseason. I mean, we're not going to have a, a, a shortage of content to, to talk about, that's for sure. Well, I mean, it, it's going to be coming fast because you know interviews are going to start um once playoffs come around they're going to have those bye weeks um you know people are going to start getting interviews people are going to start being brought in so um you know there's going to be content coming out with with that there's going to be rumors there's going to be even more than rumors because like i said teams are going to be putting in these requests to interview these guys on their bye weeks um so you know it's going to be coming hard and fast and you're going to you're going to see a lot coming out in the next two or three weeks. So, um, I, you know, I for one, just hope that this decision uh, is has already been talked about. I hope that it's already been planned. I hope they have their list already together, um, and I hope that we, you know, they don't hesitate on getting these guys in. Uh, I don't want them to make a quick decision, but I I hope they don't hesitate on getting these guys in. I hope that you know we are first uh, in line. For, for lining these guys up and getting them into Charlotte to, to interview um, that, you know, I, I want to see that. Yeah. And I know this would probably be a slap in the face to him, but I would love that if we do decide to go the offensive guy route to, to offer him the defensive coordinator and see if he wants to stay for one more year and get the interview elsewhere. And he'll probably have interviews elsewhere. Um, but if he doesn't get a head coaching gig somewhere else, I would love for him to stay on as defensive coordinator for a year. Um, find those two or three pieces that I that I think the defense is short and and make it elite, and then get his head coaching job elsewhere next year. I, I would love that for Steve, um, and for us too. I, I think give him the keys to the defense, um, 
and I mean, hell, Luke uh, even hinted at possibly wanting to be on on his staff eventually. So, I mean, that'd be awesome. So, I, that that's my ideal route. There is bring in a Steichen, a Ben Johnson, and Wilk stays for a year and leaves his full fingerprint on the defense. So. To me, I mean, I've tweeted this out, but I mean, I guess the one name that would 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 appeal to me for offensive coordinator under Wilkes would be, you know, Frank Wright. I mean, I just I I like what he did in Philadelphia. Yeah, it didn't work out in Indianapolis. I mean, revolving door at quarterback, uh, but yeah, I, that that's just something that I would I would keep an eye on. Uh, but it's funny how we go from you know Pep Hamilton turning down an interview for offensive coordinator here in in Carolina. Uh, and now we're we're considered an attractive head coaching job. The one that probably the biggest can the, the top candidate top name candidate is already requesting. I mean, if Harbaugh's if Harbaugh is coming to the NFL, he's the top candidate. Agreed. Um, for franchise or like general landscape. General for any, if all the teams could have their pick. That all the teams um, that need a coach. I would I would say yes, but only because of the compensation that you'll have to give up for Sean Payton. So I think they're asking for a first. So, and that's another thing about Payton is I think a lot of the stuff that you you see about him or hear about him is going to be a lot of smoke just to drive up interest. You know, whether it be from the Saints side of things or from the Payton side of things to create that kind of bidding war to get him to a the the number that he wants to be at and b for the Saints to get the compensation that they they ultimately want. So they kind of want to make it seem like there's a little bit more interest there. Um, like the Denver thing, I don't think he in, I don't think Peyton ends up in Denver. Um, I, I'd be interested to see what happens with McVay, but then again, they don't have a first-round pick. So it's going to get complicated, and I think that that's why you're, you're going to hear a lot of smoke about Sean Peyton. And, yeah, I mean, sure, they would probably love for Carolina to be involved to try to get a, a high first-round pick out of a division rival. But sorry, long-winded uh, answer there, Wes. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably the – the number one, uh, and then it's probably Steichen uh, after that, not counting Peyton. Yeah, he's number one. Yeah, yeah. Harbaugh for sure. Um, I he's, he's been to a Super Bowl. He's proven he's a winner at, at this level. Yeah, yeah, he's number one. Keep keep Peyton away from me from a number one pick. Next year, if we were having these same conversations a year from now and Peyton was um, essentially unrestricted at that point, um, whatever I don't know how how what the words are um, for coaching, but then then I would possibly consider him. I just hate the person, Peyton. As so, but he is a good coach. I'll give him that. Uh, Corey, I'll, I'll ask you this one, uh, just because you talked about uh, wanting the offensive minded guy. Say they they hired Harbaugh, they gave him you know X amount of, of dollars, and he's bringing with him for OC either. Say he gets fired, Greg Roman or David Shaw. How does that change your uh, view, or does it? Uh, I want no part of Greg Roman. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we all agree on that. Yeah, none. Um, I can't believe that dude was getting head coaching interviews not too long ago. Um, David Shaw's cool. Um, I I don't have anything negative at all to say about David Shaw. Um, I think that that's not going to happen. Um, I think that it's been shown that David Shaw's pretty comfortable where he's at in life <laughs> and doesn't, doesn't really have any interest in doing anything else. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't have, have an issue 
chew with David Shaw. I don't I don't think Harbaugh would 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 go there. Um, I I think that Harbaugh could probably pull somebody like Pep Hamilton and bring him with him. Um, just some ties there. Um, I think he would probably. I, I don't, I don't, you know, you know, without diving into his tree, um, I, I think we we would be shocked or surprised by a name that he could probably get to come with him. So uh, that and that right there reminded me. Uh, do you think Josh McCown gets hired this cycle? No, 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 I don't. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, and, that, and that's that's the answer, right? But you know, he did, supposedly the Texans were close to hiring him until him until the whole Flores situation came out. Um, it's interesting. I know that he kind of had picked up momentum, but yeah, I don't think that that would be a smart decision right now, especially not even being on staff and you know whatever capacity that he is right now. Um, but with 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 Pep, I think the one thing you got to watch out for is that since he is currently the OC for Houston, he can't interview for a lateral move, but it sounds like he might get axed anyways, especially with a, um, with, with them not winning a single game at home and having potentially the number one pick at that job would probably be a little bit more appealing now with the ammo that they have from, from Cleveland too. What, um, while we're on the topic, oh. what would you rank the jobs? Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. What would you rank the jobs that are open that are that we, Jobs that are open and jobs we think are going to be open because there's a few that I'm pretty sure are going to be. Uh, if you would have asked me this last week uh, before before the Chargers clinched, I would have said uh, if Staley got fired, Chargers would be one just because of Herbert. But now I think that if McVay steps down, they're probably one. And then it kind of depends on if you think that um, you can fix what's going on in Denver. Yeah. Um, so we know that people are more people are going to get fired. There's going to be surprises. It happens every year. Um, I think we're. I think we are definitely a better situation than Denver, simply based off the fact that you have that albatross of a contract with Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson proved to be everything that I've thought he was for you know years now. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, little weeb. Um, so whatever. <laughs> um, so I, I would put us above Denver. Um, although I think in a vacuum, Denver is probably in a better situation um, outside the offensive line. We well, we have a better offensive line than Denver by leaps and bounds. Um, I think it's going to be on Tepper and Scott Fitter's willingness to s- tell these candidates. Yeah, man, we're gonna give the house and and go get a quarterback for you this year. Um, if you know that makes it extremely attractive to any of these guys, in my opinion, because I, I, you know, I, not that you're ever just a quarterback away, but I mean, franchise quarterback, and we're in the playoffs, so um, that's gonna be interesting. Um, Rams are definitely better if McVay steps down. I still don't think that's gonna happen. Um, if Lovey gets fired, the Texans are definitely not better than us, more attractive. They do have the number one overall pick, but that team is devoid of talent. Colts. Um, Colts. Dude, that owner, though, Jim Ursay, which I mean, he runs Pepper's, that team you know. like he's a, like he's a, he's a cokehead. 
He is. <laughs> but he is a Coco. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's, it's Jeff Saturday is one in five, and you're you're saying he'll be a serious candidate just because you like him. I mean, get out of here. Um, I think a, a job that's probably going to be open is Commanders. Personally, I, I think he's probably done there. Um, uh, I will say you can give me Jack Del Rio as defensive coordinator then. Uh, maybe 2010, 2011, <laughs> Jack Del Rio. I don't know about now. Uh, Who, uh, what, what, what? Any other jobs we think open? Because I think those are your obvious ones, and and skins or skins commanders is borderline. But I, I think we've 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 named the open and obvious one. Anything else we think? Tennessee's not moving on from Vrabel. Even no, this year. Saints, Saints Falcons. Saints, I can see with Dennis Allen. Give or, Which we all said Dennis Allen's a terrible head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, if 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 Tampa didn't make it, I would have said Todd Bowles. Yeah. Uh, would have been seriously. Um, yeah, missing the playoffs with Brady is not a good look. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else, um, but nothing's nothing stands out. Kingsbury, maybe. Oh yeah, that's a terrible situation. Yeah, I mean that 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 divorce is coming, and I mean I wouldn't be surprised if he resigns. Honestly, if they don't fire him. Do I think that, the that contract is bad. awful? I mean, it's it's us and Bronco Broncos and possibly Rams. It's, and I'm not sold that the Rams is a good landing spot for somebody that. They they said fuck them picks and they said um, uh, let's the add, yeah exactly they said both of those things and right, I'm not and sure then, it's a good situation. And then yeah. you got Stafford with his neck and he's also 35. You know they they got their Super Bowl. I would have said the same thing to get the Super Bowl. Yeah, but same. it doesn't mean it doesn't make it a good situation now though. No. So I mean, basically, you're looking at if you want to come into a situation where you think you can win and, and pick your guy. You're, you're probably looking at Indy and us, and I think we have more weapons and a more better situation than, than Indy. Our, I think they're more appealing. Our defense is certainly better. They they may have the – I think they've got the better single weapon in Pittman over DJ, personally. I wouldn't take Pittman over DJ. Well, we know where I stand on DJ, but oh, – I know. <laughs> I um, well, that's, that can be argued. Um, and they've got Jonathan Taylor, whereas we don't have McCaffrey anymore. But uh, otherwise, our defense is certainly better. Our offensive line is certainly better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's us in Denver, man. Yeah, do you want to be married to, you know, uh, Mr. C- Unlimited? Sierra certainly does. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that, that's a mess out there. You, He's got his own office. Yeah. Uh, the offensive line is terrible. Russ is terrible. I, yeah. I thought that had to be a fake report that he had and, his own And then ball. all the players started confirming it. Jerry Judy said, he, man, he's the hardest working man I've ever seen. They confirmed it thinking that was a good thing to confirm. One, one I will say that, that I don't think a lot of people are taking into consideration right now is if Seattle doesn't make the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised to see Pete Carroll like retire or – um, some just a change there. Yeah, I don't, I, we talked about it. We talked. We said his name earlier. I I don't really want Shane Waldron. Yeah, I mean he's a the Fitterer connection. Um, 
you know, being there, his name's been mentioned a couple times. I don't think that he'll he'll be the guy, but you know, I th- I think what he's done with Gino will be enough to carry him, you know, at least through interviews. Yeah, I mean, not having, I mean, you know, it doesn't hurt that he's got you know Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf and Kenneth Walker there now either. So, but that's a, that's another thing. I mean, Seattle, you know, I, they are a, a question mark completely on what they do with the draft. I mean, I think that obviously they probably go with like Jalen Carter if he if he falls. Um, I think that'd probably be my guess right now, just looking at it. I think they stick with Gino with with obviously what he's done this year. He, he well, deserves it. If nobody trades up to two, Jalen Carter won't make it past two to the Bears. But, think they wouldn't take Will Anderson over him? <sighs> just with just with Roquan and uh boys, boys, we got months for this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean oh, we have months for that Will Anderson conversation. Yeah, boy, that's gonna that's gonna be all take. you. I'm not I'm, I'm gonna let you run with that one. That'll boy, be, do I have a hot take. That'll be I have all it. yours. I gotta I I gotta watch some more of the tape. And I know what your take is, and I, I don't think I disagree, but I gotta watch a little more tape. Um but yeah, I mean, I, Carter's the best defensive player, probably the best player overall in in the draft. The the, the most ready to make an impact right now. Yeah. All right, but the, defensively, I got I got I got to look at a lot of these guys. I mean, obviously, we've just only watched quarterbacks so far, um, so we're gonna, we'll have a lot more to dive into. And obviously, we'll be ramping that up over the next few months because after next week. That's pretty much all you all you'll get. I mean, I'm gonna try to get a couple guys from who, who cover those schools of the top quarterbacks on to talk about them a little bit, and then we'll just kind of be posting a lot of film and uh, you know try to try to provide a little bit more this year. I mean, we do a good job during the draft, but obviously um, we can always always improve a little bit. Guys, uh, I guess you know we've been this with a hour and ten minutes, so we'll try to wrap this up. Um, closing thoughts, anything we've got week 18 against new Orleans next week, one o'clock kickoff. A win does us no good, but Hey, we'd like to see the guy still fight for Steve Wilk. Yeah. At this point, uh, I hate the saints so much and a win can at worst move us back from seven to nine. Just, just go kick the saints ass. I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah. Uh, um, nine is our, nine's our, nine's our solidified worst spot. So just do it. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I love, that organization more than anything on this planet. So um, I hope we go out and curb stomp the saints next week. Um, and like you said, seven and nine, well, whatever. Um, I, 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 I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys, I'm going to go ahead and tell anybody who's listening. Um, don't get attached to draft picks in this upcoming draft because I have a feeling. I'm going to go ahead and give up all of our picks we got for CMC. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be rid of some picks in this draft cycle. If we know one thing, Scott's going to be in on every deal. So, should make for an interesting uh, run up to the draft. At least we'll be active, and long as it's well, I'll give a fair shot. I won't. I won't take that agenda yet. I won't. Two, two, and two and three both prime to trade back. They both are not going to be taking quarterbacks. So you really just got to get in front of Indy. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Unless there's a surprise, uh, is Vegas in front of Indy or no? I can't remember. I don't know. They went on a little run. I know they're like no, they're right behind them. They're the uh, it's 
hold on. I'm I'm saying it wrong. It is it was Indy, then it was Rams, and then it was like that that group of like Saints, us, Falcons, whatever. Um, it's Houston, Chicago, Seahawks via Denver, Arizona, Indianapolis, Lions, Atlanta, Vegas. So you and Arizona can't afford to take a quarterback. So you really you got to get to four or better because um, I mean Indy's going to take QB two unless they think we're going to try and get up there and they they move up to. To two, so that that's that's really what you got to try and do because uh, Lions at six and Atlanta at seven probably aren't taking one. Vegas at eight probably would look at one. So by nine, if we stayed at nine, would be QB three off the board probably. Sands a trade, but I, again, I would fully expect us to try to get to two to take any question off the board and take whoever they deem QB two after Bryce. Yeah, and I think that Tepper is primed if I, I feel like he's, he's he's probably itching to to move up and and, and and get his guy it's as bad as that may sound but if there's ever a year but that's okay I think it's this year the the only other scenario I see not that not happening in is if Baltimore is officially moving on from Lamar and we're in those conversations I can't think of anybody else that's worth that that's on the block that is worth the trading for don't you dare say Derek Carr, anybody. Say no, it. don't you just forget that. <laughs> Derek Carr's I mean, if Indianapolis follows a pattern, that, that sounds good for them. <laughs> but I would I, I wouldn't rule that him out somewhere like that. I wouldn't rule him out somewhere like uh, I mean the commanders have a bad contract already, so they can't take him. Um I don't I don't know where Carl end up, but somebody that's looking for a quarterback will deem they'd rather go after Carr versus trade up. So that's a, that's a, that's a name to watch. I don't know who that's going to be. Um, we'll see. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, I, shit, I just want I just want Steve to uh, beat the Saints this week just so uh, he tops Matt Rule's single season win total in what five less games, four less games. Yeah. Just as a big, you know, F you. What about yeah. a car? What about a car Kyler swap? Oh God, I don't even know if they do. They, I don't think they would do that, just because of where they hold Kyler at. But Kingsbury or Kyler, that's one of them's going, and I think Kingsbury's easier to get rid of. I don't think. I don't think McDaniel's is the type of guy that's going to say, "Come, come here, Kyler." <laughs> Vegas has probably got their eyes on Brady. Even after that, that whole crap that came out, you know, saying that they were going to keep Carr over him, and then now they make the decision. I don't know. I've still they, seen Miami smoke, smoke for Brady. Well, I mean, Tua might be dead at this rate, retired. That's Crazy. It's a shame. Yeah, that's super scary. All that uh, repeated head trauma. Speaking of the, the game. That's going on right now. Just got officially postponed. Yeah, I didn't see what what ended up shaking out. I just saw he got transported to the hospital, and they NFL was going to give him five minutes to get ready to play. So smart decision. Some things just are bigger than football. Hundred percent. 
But yeah, uh, yeah, just beat beat New Orleans. That's that's my final thoughts. Sorry to get us off on a tangent there. That's all right. We'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, yeah. So season finale this week. So we'll we'll recap that game next week, and then we'll we'll keep you guys updated on where we are at the coaching search. If there's any more news out there, I just kind of do a year in review, I guess, and kind of look forward to the draft and the off season because that's where a lot of our our stuff comes from. Uh, if you guys don't already, you can all follow us on social media. Our uh, our show's handle is 704cast. Uh, Wes and Corey, if you want to drop your personals, feel free to go ahead. I know you guys do a lot of analysis on your own personal account also. Yeah, I'm at Wes underscore Bo underscore um, on Twitter. If you want to hear about C.J. Stroud and why he is quarterback one this year, you can go follow. <laughs> And I'm simply at Corey seven oh forecast. You don't you don't have a little tagline right there with, with CJ. I know your your guy is, you can, is somebody else. You can find me and Wes um arguing about Bryce Young and CJ Shroud for the next, you know, probably year or two, honestly. I, I cannot wait. We have we've, we've chatted in the group chat multiple times about it, and I just said I, I every time we do it, I'm like, I cannot wait to have the audio version of this conversation. Yeah, we're going to have a great, we're going to have a, we're going to dedicate a whole episode to just those two guys. It's going to be great. <laughs> it, 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 the good news is, you know, we, we like each other, so it's not going to get ugly and it's going to be great. That's right. Straight. And just, just the facts. We're going to keep opinions yeah. and, and personal feelings out of it. Right. It'll be a good time. Uh, yeah. Then we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, We'll all look at the top four guys, and if there's anybody else out there, uh, obviously we'll we'll take them into consideration as well as we, we dove pretty extensively into the class last year. Uh, and the last two years now, our, our track record has been, we don't want to boast or anything, but it's been very respectful. No, dude, toot our own horn. <laughs> toot, toot. Yeah, we, we, we don't really miss. I, I hate to put it that way, but that's the truth. So... All right, guys, we'll get out of here. Uh, thank you for listening. If you made it this far, uh, like I said, follow us, subscribe, download. Uh, all that stuff helps us out. If you haven't already, please do leave a review on Apple, uh, on Spotify, wherever you listen to your, your podcast at. Uh, so we'll catch you guys next week, and uh, y'all take care.